0: This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast,
1: a weekly podcast for educators who don't have time to listen to a podcast, kind of like us. Each week, we'll cover a different topic in education in just about five to ten minutes. Our goal is to share bite sized chunks of professional development so you can join us, whether you're driving your kids around, preparing dinner, making copies during prep, or really doing just about anything. This is PD for real teachers who are real tired, coming to you from Nevada, Colorado, and Florida. Welcome to another guest episode of the Undercaffeinated Podcast. Today I'm welcoming Kristen, is it Coppers, right? Uh, with me. Kristen and I met in an Edgematch group, which um, I'm going to have her kind of speak a little bit to. So Kristen, welcome. I'm super excited to have you here with me today.
0: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm I'm excited that we were able to keep the date and uh, get to be able to talk today.
1: Me too. Hopefully when this releases, all of this coronavirus, COVID-19 is um, a distant memory. So... (laughs) <laughs> um, so, Kristen, can you give us just a little bit of background about
0: yourself? Well, I'm um, a secondary education teacher. I've been teaching for 18 years, uh, 17 years in one district in Illinois. I am a National Board Certified Teacher. Okay. Uh, I renewed my certificate in uh, November, so I'm good for another 10 years. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. It, it It's not easy. I'll tell you that. It definitely is. Um, stressful. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I've wanted to quit several times. I started writing it and then I wasn't going to do it. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I have half of it done. I'll just finish it. And um, I did end up renewing. So I was pretty excited.
1: Is the renewal as intense as the initial? The um, only
0: thing with the uh, renewal is that uh, you don't have to take the tests at a testing center. You'd, okay. You still have to do four units, but they're not as extensive, but they still are about seven to 11 pages tight.
1: Gotcha. Um,
0: but as an English teacher, I type it like an essay, <laughs> which can't be. So you have to learn how to do fragments and just focus on what you're learning, what you've learned, what the students are learning, what they've learned. Um, it's not sentence structure, anything like that, which was very difficult for an English teacher to <laughs> not do.
1: Got it. Got it. But... You did it, and you did it twice. So congratulations!
0: Thank you.
1: Um, all right. So that's um, that's fantastic. So okay, I said in the beginning that you and I met in an Edge Match group, and the Edge Match group is actually for Edge Match authors. So you have a book, well, almost almost two books, yeah. uh, published both through Edge Match, right? Correct. Okay. So can you tell me and, and everybody else, tell me, t- talk about your first one. Cause that's the one that I know the most about.
0: So differentiating instruction in the teaching profession um, started back in 2015 when I went to a, what grade educators do differently conference with um, Jeff Zuhl, uh, uh Joe Sanfilippo, Jimmy Cassis and Todd Whitaker. Wow. And um, when I first went there, I was like, what do they know that I don't? Like, I'm like, I'm a great educator. Well, it, it was interesting because it wasn't like them showing what they, how great they are, which they are completely great outside of that right now. Right. It was more about <laughs> working together and um, being on the same level, even though they're superintendents and principals and you know, they are keynote speakers. They were one of us. They remembered my name um, just upon meeting me. Um, you could talk to them like they were just a colleague, another educator. So that's kind of what changed my mind. And, and as I was at the conference, I started writing it um, after actually Joe Sanfilippo was talking about tell your story. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually started to write that. Um, I did put it on the shelf for a um, uh, couple years. Okay. Uh, partly because I didn't like no one's gonna pick it up, and partly because I just got lazy.
1: Uh, <laughs> <So> then, <laughs> educator life, there did there is never lazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So then I just decided um, my friend Maggie uh, had introduced me to Mandy, and so I contacted okay. Mandy. It was already seventy five percent of the way done. And then she introduced me to Sarah and then that's just how everything got started. so it was published in July of 2019.
1: Okay. That's super exciting. So it's actually relatively new. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I did not realize just how newly published it was. So can you just give us a little bit of glimpse of um, what it is? Because so I'm, I'm a, an elementary teacher, right? And differentiation is huge in the elementary world. Um, but as you get to upper elementary, middle school, high school, that, that differentiation, that small group instruction, that just the variety of ways to meet all of your learners, it starts to dwindle little by little. And so can you just give us just a little bit of insight into like what you're talking about in your book?
0: So when you think about differentiated instruction, you think about the fact that, um, you, you're, dif- you're differentiating your lessons. Mm-hmm. So the problem with differentiating the lessons in elementary school is not as hard as it is for uh, high school educators or anyone who changes classes every day. Right. So with, I would say 130 to 150 students a year, and sometimes we even change classes with um, mixed classes, IEPs, 504s, even those who just don't learn the same way everyone else does, The book focuses on uh, changing how we teach, not what we teach. Okay. So it would be impossible for me to create 130 different ways of a a worksheet or of an assessment. So the book shows different ways of how you're teaching it so you could teach the same material or they could do the same assessments Mm -hmm. and you don't have to, it's not more work for the teacher or the students. Got it.
1: Okay. Because yes, like I said, you know, you, you start to see it dwindle, but you know, a lot of times there's very valid reasons. You're not going to make four different small groups, uh, and hit four different small groups. If you have a 45 minute block for a class, like that's just not, it's not the same approach as in an elementary class where you're with your kids all day. So that's great. So it's really, um, strategies and, and support on, Real world application, correct. And and it does it focus mostly on middle high school, just high school? Is there like a um, like advanced classes or um, I, like students with IEPs, or is it just kind of applicable to everybody?
0: Um, well, the book focuses does focus mostly on high school, okay. just because that's my expertise. Sure, but you can just like any book, you can arrange it to anything. Um, for instance, I have artwork from my past students that, put it, that um, they created where I was teaching metamorphosis mm-hmm. by Franz Kafka, and he would not literally meta- metamorphosize into a bug, but it's physically how he was feeling on, inside. Okay. So then our students put on the play Into the Woods, And so the students had to create a project metamorphosizing a character from a novel to a character in the play. Okay. Well, that's pretty
1: awesome. awesome.
0: (laughs) I'm like, whoa. This could be done at any level. You know, you can use the idea. You don't have to read the the book or the short story metamorphosis, but you can still use the idea of metamorphosizing. So you're teaching how to change or how a person changes because I'm a visual learner, not... Mm -hmm auditory. If you're going to teach to me talking, I will zone out. Gotcha. And I know most of my students feel the same way. So I can understand the pain when a teacher just talks without any kind of visual reference.
1: Right. So it's very, it, I mean, in that example, it feels very, um, like you're an analyzing and you're creating, which is just going to be a better way for your kids to learn anyway. Um, a deeper understanding anyway.. Right. Are there a lot of those kind of um, examples in the book?
0: Um, there's various examples based on the um, chapters, like there's collaboration, mm-hmm. um, ways to unmo- ways to motivate the unmotivated, making work authentic, um, logical versus correct answers. Um, As an English teacher, I look at the analytical aspect. Um, I analyze a lot of things, including movies, songs, books. And one of the books we read was 1984 by George Orwell. And in his book, he said, two two equals five. And the kids are like, no, it doesn't. And I said, well, you have to understand his timeframe, his um, society, the government, all of that. And in fact, we're kind of living in the 1984 at this point. <laughs> and it's funny because the kids did make that connection. Um, that's but awesome. I said, I, could, I can prove two plus two equals five. And I said, I could do it logically, not mathematically and not literally. And so I did. And the kids were just astonished how you could take one thing, but look at it a different way. And so that's kind of in the book too, of how to do it now there's a very long mathematical version. And then as an English teacher, I am not a math person.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I'm kind of curious. I'm like, how do you make two plus two equal five? I'm going to have to Google that later. Um, I won't make you, I won't make you give me that lesson, but, (laughs) Um, but I did. So, okay. So this, so really, I really appreciate, like I said, from a, from an elementary perspective, I really, know the power, I've seen the power of differentiation. So I really appreciate the effort and the time that you put into this book to say, you can differentiate regardless of your grade level. It just takes maybe a little bit of creativity, um, but it doesn't necessarily take a ton of extra work on on your part or the the student's part. So if if anybody listening is interested in, in Kristen's book,
0: give me the full title. Differentiate Instruction in the Teaching Profession.
1: Okay, differentiating instruction in the teaching profession. There's going to be a link to the Amazon, to uh, Kristen's Amazon page in the show notes. But Kristen, you also have another book coming out, right? I do. <laughs> in fact, I have two coming out. <laughs> I, but, okay, just give me the heads up. Our, our and maybe you don't know this, but like, right, if you get a tattoo, they always say one tattoo, you're going to want another one. They're addicting. Is it the same thing with writing
0: books? Um, You know, it is um, the book. The other, the third book will come out towards the end of December or maybe next year with Brian Costello. It's on how to use breakout boxes in your classroom.
1: Oh, fun. I have a friend. I have quite a few friends who would love that then. That's fantastic. (laughs)
0: But the children's book that is coming out in May, in fact, I did two live readings uh, last week, one um, through Zoom and one through Facebook Live. Okay. Um, and it's, it actually started, the story started 14 years ago, where I had a West Highland white terrier. Well, mm-hmm. a, a white terrier is just like a um, herring terrier, except one's brown and one's white. Okay. So everyone kept telling me we had a toto dog. like, no, it's not the Toto dog. That's a Karen Terrier. So she had um, unfortunately passed at the age of 17. And that's okay. (laughs) And my husband and my son, they really wanted another dog. And I I, I do too, but I could have waited. And so we decided to go look and we found a golden doodle that my husband really liked. And so we went to go down to visit Mm -hmm. and in the litter, Um, of 10 there were six black ones and four tan colored ones left okay now the mom was there we played with the mom she's a she was a large golden retriever and the dad was a black standard poodle okay um so we i I wanted a girl she was the only girl but i let my son pick you know i said let the dog come to you um and two came to him one was um, a golden boy and one was a black girl and i said well you know, you got to make your decision. We're not taking both of them. Of course, my son being eight at the time, wanted to take both of them home. Gotcha. So we took her home. um, And so when we brought her home, we were excited. And we said, we have a black golden doodle, or we have a golden doodle. And they're like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, I do. Like, no, that's a labradoodle. I'm like, no, she's not a labradoodle. Like I literally argued with friends and family. (laughs) And they're like, well, she's black. And I said, She's a golden doodle. I saw the mom, I saw the dad, I saw the litter. Some had straight hair, some had really curly hair. Hers is semi curly. So, taking Molly's story and taking hers, I combined it into one and explained how people judge from the outside um, and they don't get to know the person on the inside. And that's, and it made her name's Abby May. It made Abby May feel bad because she met another golden doodle who was golden color and she wasn't accepted. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. When is this coming out? Um, we don't have a scheduled date yet, but it's um, coming out in, um, we wanna say May.
1: Okay, so like we're thinking spring, early summer of this year, right? Correct. Right. Wow, what a powerful story and to connect it with dogs. I I mean I love dogs. My son loves dogs. Like that's just going to be oh that's going to be fantastic. It's gonna it's gonna be one of those books that everybody needs in their classroom. Um, Well, it's
0: the fact that they come in five different colors. They come in a reddish color, a cream color, a black, a golden, and some are mixed. So and that's the way some of our students are. Some are biracial. Some are mixed. Some are one culture. Some are another culture. But people automatically judge them based on how they look, not their ethnicity or where they're from.
1: Right. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. I'm very excited for you for that one. I can't (laughs) wait. Once it's, once it's out, you'll have to come back and kind of give us a, um, a sneak peek.
0: Oh, I definitely will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So, excuse me. All right. Well, so tell me about, um, what other, um, I see that you're very active on like Twitter and social media and everything like that. So, what are some other things that you like to do? Obviously, you write. What are some other things that you like to do within the education world to just I don't know, challenge yourself to grow, to keep learning? You know.
0: Um, well, the Twitter chats definitely helped because I like to see other ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, as an educator, we borrow ideas from other people, it's just like songs. There's you only have the original after the original there's there's repeats and replicates of everything right so um i like to do that um you know i've got a tons of books from you know my jamaican um family um that i still have to read so i'm looking forward to doing that we're on spring break right now oh fun C- congratulations so, <laughs> thanks i'm starting to, i want to do that um i like to ride my bike um nice. i like to go skiing but we haven't done that in quite a few years so hopefully one day we can get back to that. But I just like to share my expertise with others and have them share it with me, like the idea of collaboration. Right. It's so powerful, right? Because even
1: if you think you've you've seen something that you really like, and then you put your own spin on it, seeing other people's, um, how they tweak it or how they think they can tweak it for you or any, any of those, just taking that uh, melting pot, right? I like how you use the word borrow and not necessarily steal because (laughs) gosh, where would we be in education if we were still like stuck in those silos, like that one room schoolhouse, you know, we just wouldn't be growing or anything like that. So I think that's fantastic. Um, Okay. Can you, I've got, so I've got, I've got one more question for you. You have been in education for quite a few, for, for quite a few years, right? Did you mm-hmm. always know that you wanted to be in education? Like, did you kind of, kind of one of those things, like, did you always know you wanted to write a book? Was that a surprise? Like education, did you always know you wanted to be in education?
0: I always wanted to write. That was one thing I did even in high school. I still have all my manuscripts. I still have all my rejection letters from teen Bob and Oh teen my goodness. And, I know I'm, 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 aging myself now.
1: Not at all. Not at all. The people who uh, the people who don't know they have no clue. You're fine. You're
0: (laughs) fine. But I saved all those rejection letters because I knew that one day, sooner or later, it would happen. Yeah. Um. I did self-publish two books on my own back in 2002. Wow! Congratulations. Um, That's awesome. Thanks. It was. It took took a lot of time and money, but I wanted to see if I can do it, and I did. Um. There's a lot of things we can do if we put our minds to it. And I tell my students, there's nothing you can't do except fly. Because, you know, they always say, well, can I fly? I said, no. Um, but if you want to go out and do something, you got to go out and try to do it. Nothing's going to get handed to you or nothing is just going to fall in your lap. Right. Um, I wanted to go in the military because my dad was in the military. Um, and he's my inspiration. Unfortunately, after nine disqualifications, Oh, um it was due due to a medical um I even went to basic training they sent me to basic training for um nine weeks nine and a half weeks in Fort Knox Kentucky so I went there and I came home and I was in a different state and they said that I was disqualified in Illinois so it's disqualified in all 50 states so Um, I'm so sorry (laughs) that's okay um, so then I wanted, well, I wanted to be a journalist because I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got my degree in was English and journalism. Um, worked for a company for a while. I was a copy editor. Um, at the time I didn't like how the journalists work. Um, I still love writing. I still write for a local newspaper out here. Um, but then I found uh, a job substituting and I loved it. And that's where it like all hit. Like, I want my own class. I don't want to teach someone else's stuff. I want my own students, my own class, my own, own preparation. So mm-hmm. I went back for my master's degree in English with a teaching certificate and got that. And then um, the four years later, I went back for my master's in, a, in uh, administration.
1: Wow. So you have quite a few degrees there. Yep. And uh, I I am sorry that, you know, the the different ventures didn't work out, but I'm going to say, like, I think it was for our, as an educational society benefit, Mm. because we got you instead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You never know what would have happened at the time. You know, I mean, it was during the Gulf War, um, Desert Storm. So you don't know what would have happened if I would have been married, had kids, if I went into teaching, you know, things happen for a reason and sometimes fate intervenes and changes your direction. It's very true. That's very true. All
1: right. Well, so I have one more question for you. Um, I was doing a little bit of, um, what I lovingly call, not weirdly, call stalking, right? I got (laughs) to do my research. Um, and I found, and I had found these before, um, when, uh, when we were talking about like websites in our Edge and Match group, um, and so I found you've got some photography websites up, so you are a photographer, correct?
0: That's actually not me. That's not you. Oh my gosh. I know there is another Kristen Coppers in New York who has photography that is not me.
1: That's really funny. Well, you could just totally play it off. Let's pretend it's you. OK, okay. Let's pretend) yeah, it's <laughs> You can, you could be a photographer in Illinois, or you can be a photographer in New York. doesn't matter to me. You can be a photographer anywhere in the world.
0: So if it helps, I did take pictures of my son um, when he was three years old, and I do like to take pictures. So I guess it could work. So there you go. You're a photographer. There you go. I'm going to add that to my list. And resume check. Um,
1: okay, so pretend you're a photographer. I'm sorry, you are a photographer. Where, um, if you were to go and shoot um, your son or anybody else uh,
0: on location, where would your favorite spot be? Um, there was a picture I took of him when he was three in, by an old barn. And it was the cutest picture. And he just kind of looked so serene that those old buildings old barns those are the places I like because those are the real like aspects of our society it's not the newer places it's not the field it's not the pretty parks it's the places that are just are run down and I think that just really brings in what um how our not how our society is but the history of our society
1: right I, I I couldn't agree more. I love the if these walls could talk feel. Yeah. Right. I agree. What would they say? I love it. I think it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, I apologize for thinking that those were your I, I swore that we talked about the fact that you were a photographer and that you had built those websites. Maybe that was all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly it was.
0: That's okay. <laughs> She's listening, we'll give her credit.
1: Right. All right. Kristen Coppers from New York, photographer. Way to go. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're, um, we are undercafe- at Under Caffeinated on Twitter and Instagram, and we would love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts to help other educators just like you find us just that much easier. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.